Zama, here's the thing, though. Hollywood, the mainstream media is never going to support libertarian ideas because it shows dissent. And the further and further I go down the rabbit hole, I'm seeing that just about every big business is in cahoots with the state. Yes. It's all crony capitalism. They will not let any dissent be expressed or they're trying to silence it any way they can very tactically. You know what I mean? Like if you have an opinion that goes against the state, those private businesses will censor it. And we can see it with Facebook. We can see it with Twitter. We can see it with Google. We can see it with just about movies. If you have a libertarian movie, is it going to be produced by Warner Brothers? Is it going to be produced by Fox? No. Transmitting directly from the launch pad. Bringing blue collar to your cell tower. The rock and roll libertarian himself. It's time to blast off. With Johnny Rocket. Hey, this is Blast Off with Johnny Rocket, and I am here with my ray of truth, the beautiful Miss Rayleigh Lightheart. Hi. Ray Lee. Woo. How the hell are you? I am having a great day. I am having a great day. I am stoked. I'm having a great day, too. I'm having an awesome day. Really? Yes. It's a great day to be alive. Did you have macaroni and cheese today? Because I know how you make your macaroni and cheese with, with ex- eight kinds of cheese. That's right. <laughs> and then I bake that and then I eat it by myself. And if anyone tries to take it away from me, I'm like, Wait, I have to actually have to tell the listeners that this man knows how to make macaroni and cheese. It's actually sinful. It is. It's pretty much cheese with a few pieces of macaroni tossed in it. But That's it right. is this man, the 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 uh, pleasure he takes in describing how he's going to make it and then while he's making it. I've I've been a witness to that and it's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing, Johnny. I don't know, but like your sandwiches were the best. And I'm gonna miss your sandwich making skills here in Arizona. I'm gonna miss it. I'm sure Kim makes a good sandwich, but yes, thank you. You know, it's funny, though. She really hasn't made me one, now that I think about Aww. it. That's kind of weird. Now that I'm thinking about it, that's a little odd, because usually that's kind of like the woman's jam, right? That's what they say. That's word on the street, right? Like, I, I don't think know. The jam is, I think the jam is the man's, and that's why he has it on a sandwich. That's what I think. I, I, I think that we just do it because we love our guys. I don't know. So that's probably it. That's probably it, but I'm just saying that she's never done it. It's not like our hobby is sandwich making. I mean, men out there, you know, all these nice things that ladies do for you it's because they love you it's not because it's their hobby to pick up your laundry and make you sandwiches for the record just just putting it out there i don't know kim is really good at laundry i'm sure it's her hobby right it is she gets home she's like yeah i can't wait to make some do some laundry and make some food yeah feed you she's like dancing naked folding her stuff up okay yeah exactly okay so you know what raylene you know i am so excited for this guest i know you are Okay. We've been talking about it all week. All right. Here we go. Our guest, Zama Ripa, is a liberty, peace, love-minded, street-busking, singer-songwriter, troubadour in Miami, Florida, United States of America, by the way of Los Angeles, California, USA. With a new album out, American Soul, Ripa toured the world over, performed solo with dozens of other bands of all styles, played football for Florida State University, acted on stage, in television, and in a handful of Hollywood films, has a BA in literature, an MPS in economic development, went to law school and holds a PU against all things anti-liberty. Has contributed to libertarian sites such as LewRockwell.com, EconomicPolicyJournal.com, TargetLiberty.com, and Ron Paul's Voices of Liberty. He's been a ghostwriter, a ghostwriter, and a ghostbuster when he's had to be. He's also been named the best bartender in the Western world by everyone who's ever had the pleasure of indulging in his rousing 
soul-stirring mixological delights. Raylene, prepare for liftoff. Copy that, Johnny. Covers, tie-downs, and grounding cables. Removed as required. Communications connected. Check. Preamps in the green. Check. Cold beer. Double check. Thrusters are hot! Raylene, are you ready to rock? All systems go, Johnny. Let's blast off with Zama Ripoff! Intrusion, mister. Excuse me if I seem bold, but there's something I want to say about Jake Rattle and Roll. Yeah! Zama, thank you so much for being here, brother. Wow, thank you. That's quite an intro. Um, I'm inspired just by the intro alone. You make me sound like a master jack of all trades. Yeah. Yeah, it's like what what haven't you done? I haven't you know what I haven't done? I haven't tried your famous mac and cheese nor Raylene sandwiches. <laughs> That's two things right there. I need yes. to get My mac and cheese rules the nation, man. Like I'm sure you're a great bartender. Raylene's sandwiches cannot be beaten, but my mac and cheese is the boss, dude. It's the boss. What's the cheese? It's all in the cheese. What kind of cheese? Man, I use a little bit of everything. I use uh actually I use a little Velveeta. As a base. Awesome. Okay. And then we use... I use cream cheese as a base. Close. Yes. And instead of butter, I use butter and a little bit of cream cheese. Okay. And then what I'll do is and then add some Italian cheese on top of the cheese and then add more cheese. And then I'll even use the shit that comes with the box. Right? Fantastic. Throw in a little bit of milk. Right? So far, you have a heart attack, right? You feel it? Feel it coming on? A minute. Then you put it in like a Pyrex, like baking pan. Then you add breadcrumbs on top, add more cheese, and then bake that boom oh man yep delicious yes i have to make a suggestion you should try panko breadcrumbs on top panko breadcrumbs yes that's what i use oh the japanese breadcrumbs that changes it completely and sometimes you can actually roll them around in your baking grease and then stick them on top without actually adding any bacon to the macaroni cheese and it's not too rich but it is perfect yes love it try it you will die with my macaroni and cheese we here at Blastoff encourage the safe consumption of cheese. Go ahead and give Johnny's recipe a try, but consider that Blastoff will not be held liable for damages, including but not limited to acid reflux, general gassiness, violent diarrhea, or death by heart attack. Johnny Rocket's mac and cheese recipe has not been approved by the FDA. Not that this has ever stopped us, or been supported by doctors. Not that that's ever stopped us either. Please use responsibly. So look, listen, dude, you have an album out. It just came out. And uh, it's pretty new. It's called American Soul. Okay. So what drew you to the music industry? And do you believe like there's a void in it and a demand for more libertarian arts? So you're a libertarian musician, which is a rarity. Mm-hmm. All right. But like, do you think there's a void? Is this why you kind of started doing this? That's not initially why I started doing it on the on one hand. On the, your second question, yes, I think there is a great void, not only in music, uh, but in all the arts. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think that can be for a variety of reasons you know it's interesting because talk about film there's plenty of libertarian and i don't know that it's intentional there's plenty of libertarian themes running through uh some of our most popular films off the top of my head uh star wars Mm -hmm. uh a bug's life there's some great libertarian themes in a bug's life you know there's the anti-war stuff of dr strange love uh other films touch on it i don't know why that is i've heard it talked about before i think even on your show First of all, there's the, I think once you get to Hollywood, having lived in Hollywood, there's a lot of tribalism, there's a lot of uh, status, and there's a lot of um, trying to fit into the the right group. So I think that does suppress uh, a lot of libertarian tendencies, as we know from just listening to the headlines every day, every time a, a celebrity spouts off. Sure, yeah. As for music, yes, 
there is seems to be a dearth of of libertarianism uh and and it's confounding because a lot of people equate mu- on the superficial level. A lot of people uh, equate music with freedom, but you don't see a lot of that. A lot of at least outspoken libertarian musicians. Like here's the thing: it's like punk rock music, right? It used to be like a, a freedom of an expression, right? State. We're punk rockers, and now punk rock is just puss rock. Absolutely, in my opinion, you know, it's like the state is so great, very liberal. It's very liberal. Yeah. It's like we're commies. We're, we want more government. We want more government. It's like, F- you, dude. You're a, f- you're a. F- That's my response to the punk rockers of today. He actually has gone on this rant to me before yeah. because I used to listen to punk a lot, and he's like, they, yeah, it's it, it's different now. It's way more status than it ever was, don't you think? Absolutely. Well, that's on that. Not just punk rock, but all rock. Yeah. Sixties, and you go back. Well, you go back to to, to the sixties. You you have the uh, civil rights anthems of um, Nina Simone. All, all of them. You have Dylan, you have uh, John Lennon saying a lot of interesting things. What struck me, especially during the Obama years, those eight years, you have Beyonce, you got Jay-Z, you got Bruce Springsteen, uh, Lady Gaga, Chris Cornell, Arcade Fire, Jeff Tweedy, all of these people implicitly endorsing Obama and going to the White House and hanging out there. I think even Dylan. Don't forget Bono and you too, those bastards. Oh, yeah. He actually came out as a capitalist recently. He said he was wrong about socialism. We'll get to Bono in a second. because. Yeah. Please. Yes, he has that. That's interesting, Raylene. We have to come back to that. But going back, all those artists going, and as we all know, Raylene and, and you know, and, and most libertarians, uh, there's no meaningful difference between Obama and Bush. Right. You know, in effect, it's the same debt, it's the same wars, it's the same uh, um, trampling of civil liberties. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, with Trump, I see a continuation of uh, Bush and Obama, perhaps on steroids. We don't know yet, but we're two years in, and the debt. And the bombs, I mean, uh, you know, we both, I think we all know Obama, mm-hmm. more bombs than uh, than Bush. Obama was the first president to uh, assassinate American citizens, one including that 16-year-old boy born in Colorado who was Al Awlaki's son. Right. Trump followed that up. I think he killed, um, with a drone, I think he killed uh, Al sister. So, and again, that, that's a statement about the state in general and about once these precedents are set by presidents, the next one always tops it through our history. But going back to the point, yes, you see these artists and it makes me feel, first of all, it makes I think it makes the listener feel like uh, you, you can't trust anything they say because it's, the hypocrisy is one of the worst things about these artists. And a lot of them on this list, have, you know, stood up for wonderful things and issues over the years. But when they when they go and explicitly support the state and a, a politician like that, I think it, it says a lot about art in, in uh, today's age. Axel Rose just came out um, and a, a classic rock page on social media was just saying he's going out and doing the hashtag vote blue. And it's like, where are all of the badasses that we thought these people were? Not that Axel Rose was ever actually a badass. That's right. Yeah. Why are these supposed free thinkers and different artists are supposed to be different? They're supposed to be bringing something a little different to our lives, but they're just falling in line. And it was very disappointing, but hilarious because no one's going to listen to Axel Rose. No, not these days. But but on one hand, I guess it could be argued both ways. But yeah, um, mm-hmm. the, the so-called resistance, I think I think we all know it's not about resistance. It's about It's about who's in power and having mm-hmm. your guy in power. And um, to me, it all looks just like a naked grab for power from all sides. The Axel Rose is a good example, but the list goes on and on. It does. 
Yeah. It's troubling. And it, it, it's reflected in the art. You know, you think about art and you go through history. You think of things that say uh, Einstein. He said Picasso preceded him by 20 years uh, to, to the point science usually follows art. You look at science fiction. I think you're both science fiction uh, people. Yes. Uh, science is usually, I mean, uh, what do we say? Jules Verne put somebody on the moon far before our science did. I mean, science fiction always precedes in, 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 uh, the science. And it seems like the last 20 years or so, we've seen a flip on that where artists and art itself, especially in America, have taken a back seat to the technocrats, to science, to mm-hmm. politics. That's very troubling. We could talk about why I think it might have something to do with the Internet, which was supposedly going to uh, open a lot of doors for everybody and bring people together and, and be more of a tool to share ideas. And uh, some people even said to, to uh, push liberty. But I think we, in some ways we're seeing the opposite of that. And I think it's reflected, uh, manifested most visibly in our art. I'm wondering if it's the state actually um, intervening and pushing people and, and companies like Facebook, for instance. Um, and with the, the way the censorship is going, it seems to be gearing up for the election. And it's beca- because it's become a political tool and it is now a tool of the state itself and in protecting the entity, the Leviathan that it is. Do you believe that the internet in the past was freer, was changing minds, was bringing people closer to different ideas before it became this everybody's grandma is online and now polarized by by the media? Do you think that it's recent? Absolutely, I do. And I, and one reason is, look at libertarian itself. We hear the stories, we're all a bit younger, but we hear the stories that you could find all the libertarians in America in the 60s and 70s in Rothbard's living room. You know, now mm-hmm. yeah. with Mises Institute, LewRockwell.com, all these wonderful sites, mm-hmm. uh, sharing ideas and getting the message out uh, through the internet that way. It remains to be seen if, if there's a crackdown on all of that. As you said, you know, they're really coming down everywhere. Yeah. But yeah, on one hand, there's a, there's a lot more. And, and then, you know, we can look to Ron Paul's uh, runs in 2008 and 2012, getting the message out. Sadly, on that note, I see a lot of those people who were um, almost sideline libertarians, the same people that supported a lot of the same people that supported Paul now support Bernie Sanders. That shows us that we have to get deeper into the economics and the intellectual battle. Yeah, yeah. It is the economics. You're right. Yeah. All goes back to the economics. One thing, too, uh, Raylene, you triggered this. I was seeing a story the other day about um, what China is doing. They're they're issuing all their citizens a a, uh, a, rating. Social, a social credit score. Exactly. That's right. And if you jaywalk, that goes against your score. If you frown at somebody, I think it reads your, it, it does the facial recognition. These people. I'm sorry. I never swear <laughs> on the show usually. Go but ahead. This is. Don't hold back. Yeah, exactly. And what's really troubling is we, I think we all know this too. Uh, Google is helping the Chinese government with these programs. We know that it's just a matter of time until Google turns it on us. They already have in some ways, but it's coming here. They they record us. Also, uh, this is another interesting intersection on the China and the Google thing. I think we all probably know this. Cheryl Atkinson, the great uh, investigative journalist that uh, (laughs) Obama uh, targeted, she had a great clip a year or so ago about the origins of fake news. And she traced it back and followed the money to Eric Schmidt, who was a bigwig at Google, who left to, uh, I believe, you know, there might have some minor, there may be some minor corrections here, but I believe he left Google to uh, run Hillary's campaign. And that's where fake news originated. Sure. If you look 
that up. Look up the, you guys probably know this already because nobody's more informed than you all. Trust me, we don't really do this show for current events. We don't, but like you make a great point though. Like those are interesting intersections though. Yeah, I love current events. So I, I have been following this and we did the Bill Ottman show. We talked a little bit about that and all that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Zama, here's the thing though. Hollywood, the media, the mainstream media is never going to support libertarian ideas. Because it shows dissent. And the further and further I go down the rabbit hole, yeah. I'm seeing that just about every big business is in cahoots with the state. Yes. It's all crony capitalism. They will not let any dissent be expressed or they're trying to silence it any way they can. Very tactically. You know what I mean? Like if you have an opinion that goes against the state, those private businesses will censor it. And we can see it with Facebook. We can see it with Twitter. We can see it with Google. We can see it with just about movies. If you have a libertarian movie, is it going to be produced by Warner Brothers? Is it going to be produced by Fox? No. Only if it's covert. Only if it's covert. That's an interesting point, too, Raylene. And I agree with you all the way, Johnny. The last 20 years, everything's been out in the open. We can uh, artists, uh, musicians can talk about anything they want, unless it's libertarian, of course. But you can be as sexy as you want. You can show as much skin you want. You can say whatever you want. Right. Especially in the rap culture, which is interesting because... Arguably, and which is interesting because the art, as far as, uh, again, hanging out with the state and not being rebellious, there's nothing rebellious about going to the White House like Jay-Z did, which is interesting because that goes with the changes we were talking about earlier. Back in what Ray, to Raylene's point, you know, back in the 60s, the Beatles had to say, I want to hold your hand. And Elvis Presley would not be shot on camera below the waist. Right. You know, so that I think that was an inspiration for artists to become even more to get to be even more crafty with their art. And as you said, more subversive. I think we know that story about Michelangelo. There was a Cecina, I believe was his name, somebody high up in the church, but didn't like Michelangelo. Michelangelo was painting the Sistine Chapel and put him, mm-hmm. you know, put him as a little uh, donkey with uh, a serpentail, <laughs> serpentail mm-hmm. pork tongue because he didn't like the guy, but it was vague enough. He couldn't do it. So the, the Cecina went to the Pope and dragged him out there and said, you know, this is how he's depicted me. And uh, the Pope famously uh, defended Michelangelo and said, it's art. We we told there's a million ways to interpret what he meant. Uh, I didn't take it as a dig at, at uh, Cecina. But interesting, though, to Raylene's point, yes, um, that could be a plus. Take it, Everything can be an opera. Well, I think well, one thing libertarians need to realize, to Raylene's point, is everything, we should be using everything as an opportunity. That's right. As far as censorship, this is an opportunity to make better art to make more truly subversive art, which I think, uh, dissenting art, which I think does register as truth to a lot of people. Yes, it does. Yes. You know, instead of selling out and doing what's expected, this is an opportunity, this thing, and we can make it bigger. Things like V for Vendetta, those movies have inspired people and they didn't even realize that they were anti-state. Okay, what I'm saying, Zama, is the big point is not a lot of libertarian musicians. That's the thing. There's a very strong need for artists. And we had Victor Pross on. I know Zach Kincaid. We've had Eric Jolie on. The thing is, libertarians are so logical. I don't think they use the right side of their brain. I think that they, they lack a lot of creativity based on the fact that they're economically, they're usually economically very intelligent. They're usually very, very logical and very a priori and very systematic in their thought process, which goes against art in theory. This is where I think, I think we, we lack the clientele necessarily to do this. And I think if we found some people who were in the art movement and we kind of converted them over to the libertarian side, I think we'd be very successful. Absolutely. 
No, I agree with that. When you're focused on that side of the brain, you you, you lose it. Your your antenna comes down a little bit because you're being so logical. We need the antenna high. Right. You know, you got to tap into the muse. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is to that. I don't either. So I think I do. And 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 so what we need to do is find artists or we need to find people to pick up movies. We need to write things. We need to put out music that is, again, the subvert libertarianism. It's appealing to the logic behind why we don't want these laws because there's different ways that people come to libertarianism. Some people, and I think that they happen to be the most principled libertarians, and and sorry to everyone who hears this and and, and takes it the wrong way because that is not what I'm saying. It's that there's two ways to gravitate through issues and then you become more principled after you got here because of the issues or you felt a burning need to be free and then you become principled through that. Does that make sense? Yeah, but I, I, I'm going to disagree. I'm going to think that either you're artistic or you're not. It's kind of a rarity that somebody is left and right brain. It's not as common as we would think it is. And I think that that is the disconnect. Usually artists are very sensitive people. They're very emotionally driven and they're run by feels. And that goes against libertarianism. They don't understand economics. And I think if they did, yeah, maybe there would be something there, but it would take a little bit more effort for them to get around that thought process because the way they're wired, the way they're wired, Raylene, I don't think... Is that easy? Uh, okay, the way to appeal to that to the to the emotional type, and this is something that I do because I work on outreach and I and I do these things. And the reason and the way to appeal to them is the innate search for. We all want to be free. We just don't know how to be because we've been indoctrinated for generations. I we, agree. It's I our agree culture. with that. So so what what you have to do with the artistic type is, is sometimes they come to libertarianism through issues again like gay rights or legalizing this or privatized prisons and you know whatever it may be uh, the anti war uh, the things that you know that might bring in the more emotional um, social topic. So what we want to do is inspire them with the idea of freedom in their hearts that anti-slavery and anti-slavery can go into property rights. You can bring in the economics. They can start to understand the logic and, and then we can get them on the more logical side and flex their brain a little bit. I'm not saying that it can't be done. Sure. And I don't know, Zama, if you agree, I just think it's more of a challenge to get the artistic types to go along with what we're saying because of the fact that it's based on feels and it's not always a knee-jerk response to jump to our side when we're spouting, well, you know what, that needs to own up to it and he's personal responsibility i mean yeah come on that's- i think you said feels i think libertarians need that and we both we all know we go on the sites and we see the discussions between libertarians there is a tone problem i think as far as outreach goes and there is somewhat of a style problem johnny you said it i think libertarians to outreach to people who are naturally would not naturally be attracted to libertarians we have to appeal to the feels as you said yeah and Raylene mentioned gay rights. I think it's the way we pose the questions, too. My first question would be, why is the government even involved in marriage to begin with? Sure. I'm with you on this. Yeah. And I think maybe it's it's all in the framing. Everything's in the framing. And, And maybe that's what, as libertarians, that's what we need to examine is the framing of these issues. Again, appeal to the feelings. Uh, be able to articulate why uh, why a free society would be better on all those uh, really you said issues why um, a freer society would be better for all those issues so so how it depends on which what if I'm talking to somebody that's a leftist or, or a rightist depending on what's going on I, I love usually those pick something 
<laughs> I usually pick something that that they care about, and then I start breaking it down logically why the state is a failure. Yeah. Then I offer solutions that have worked, and if I can have, if I can keep them listening long enough and they feel respected and they're genuinely curious, I can get them to question something. You're not going to get very far with people who just immediately have, they have, there's a brainwashing technique. This is important to know about cults. And if you start to research cults and understand how brainwashing works, it's a thought stopper. So as soon as you hit something that you're not allowed to question, you actually stop the conversation. You'll Even if somebody's talking, you stop it in your brain. You cannot hear anymore. Statism is a, is a cult, as we've all It is a cult. Ingrained in all of us since, since. Exactly. So when you're dealing with somebody who's in the thick of the cultism, they will not be able to handle what you're telling them and they will turn it off. But that's why you have to kind of you know, I always call it uh, tossing breadcrumbs. So those are the kind of people you toss a breadcrumb to. You you stay in a very friendly, positive way. You try not to engage in a way that they feel like you're um, coming after them in any way because it, they're they're extra defensive, right? Zama, really quick. I mean, really quick. Give us so American Soul. We got about two minutes before we take our commercial break. American Soul. What is that about? And what were you trying to do with your record? And it's brand new. It just came out like I believe like a, a week and a half ago. America, what is the soul of America? I think it's freedom. The song itself, this goes back to Raylene's point on Bono. The song itself came, I read a Jeff Dees post a while back on a on a, uh, on a Rolling Stone interview with uh, Bono. Jeff Dees was ridiculing Bono appropriately. So um, the song grew out of, as a response to Bono's article and as a response to their latest album, they have a song American Soul on there. And um, I write every morning. I, I get up and jot things down. If I hear something, I jot it down. I've got notes and uh, notebooks and papers on everything. So this song grew out of that, pieces of that. What did Bono say? Some of the, the pullaways was he said, when, in the, when the 2016 election happened and people intuited that something awful and something unprecedented was happening, there was a sense of grief. I realized that something had died. People's innocence had died. And a generation that had grown up thinking that the human Spirit had a natural evolution toward fairness and justice, mm-hmm. was learning this might, might not be the case. He also said with uh, the election of Trump, and I'm no Trump supporter, but he said the demonizing of the other has returned. Right. Also said you have a post-truth president leading a post-truth country. Now, I don't defend Trump at all because he's anti-liberty. And to me, he's no different in effect than, than Bush and Obama. Right. But knowing, following Bono's work and his words, there's a gross disingenuous here in this year and, and a hypocrisy. And so the song began as a response to that and his song, their song, American Soul. That's where it came from. That's what it drew out of. If you look at the um, lyrics to my American Soul, it addresses that using uh, characters from their song and uh, infused with um, points on liberty. That's awesome. Really quick, where could people find your record? You can find it in all digital stores around the world uh, or my website, IamZamaRipa.com. It's on Spotify. It's on iTunes. It's on Apple Music. It's on all of them. Right on. Anyway, so this is Journey Rocket here on Blast Off, and I'm here with my Ray of Truth, Miss Raylene Lightheart. Thanks, guys. And we're talking to Zamo Ripa. We have Rocket Fire coming up really shortly, so stick around. We'll be right back. Rock and roll. This is Chris Spangle, and I am the host of We Are Libertarians, which you can find in iTunes, Google Play, or at wearelibertarians.com. We are a podcast that brings you all of the irreverence that modern politics deserves by examining current events from a libertarian perspective. So please, check us out at wearelibertarians.com.
Inflammatory. Uncalled for. What about my pension? Outrageously offensive. Ladies and gentlemen, Johnny Rockets two minute hate speech. Hate speech. Johnny Rockets. This is Johnny Rocket's two-minute hate speech. Sometimes longer. Johnny Rocket's two-minute hate speech banned in America. Hey, guys. I want to tell you a story. A really horrific story, actually. Recently, a good friend of the show had this terrible experience occur. Our friend was in traffic on a Sunday afternoon. She was first in line in the left-hand turn lane. Our friend observed a man get out of a second car, an older sedan and approached the driver of a Porsche that was sitting directly behind them before randomly pulling out a firearm. Within a matter of minutes, eight cop cars surrounded the two vehicles and an arrest was made. The person arrested, however, was the driver of the Porsche. Now, does it sound like our friend witnessed the carjacking unfold in their rearview mirror? Absolutely. It was a carjacking. The Porsche, owned by the police and acquired, with no doubt through civil asset forfeiture, was part of a sting operation to entrap the so-called carjacker. And this thieving scumbag took the goddamn bait. And here's the thing, that guy. But who was the guy driving the older sedan with a firearm holding him at gunpoint in the middle of a intersection? And guess what? That was filled with innocent bystanders. Was it another carjacker? No, it was a plain clothed cop. With no visible markings, no identifying features, no uniform, nothing. How the f*** was our friend who doesn't know this guy from Adam supposed to know that? Here's the thing. If our friend or another innocent bystander had chosen to use their firearm to disarm or disable the gunman, thinking he was the aggressor, they would have been totally Whatever penalties one might face for using a firearm are magnified when it's a cop. Regardless of whether or not you could tell it's a cop, or if it is a cop, or it could have been a cop, the district attorney's office will always, always prosecute those cases because they're sure wins and they come with heavy reputation-building sentences. In theory, the police exist to protect and serve the community. And yet the situation illustrates in one of the most terrifying ways the horrific reality of the police state. That the cops are just as likely, if not more so, to create situations that jeopardize the safety and well-being of the very people they're supposed to protect. This situation was highly irresponsible of the cop and the police department of that town. And you know what the part about everything in this entire story? Is that there's not a goddamn thing you can do about it. That there's not a goddamn thing you can do about it. Ground control here. Make sure you go to supportblastoff.com so you don't miss the after party. You can get in for as little as four quarters an episode. It's where the real action's at. See you there. is a children's media company for children's ages 0 through 7. Our stories teach the foundational principles that underlie libertarianism and relate them in a manner that even the youngest children can understand and enjoy. Little Libertarians was founded by attorney and libertarian activist Dory Goikman. We teach the basics of self-ownership, non-aggression, and property rights to babies, toddlers, and young kids. 
Use coupon code ROCKET, R-O-C-K-E-T, for 40% off of Little Libertarian products at www.littlelibertarians.com. Again, that's www.littlelibertarians.com. Shouldn't having a good time with Zamaripa and uh, dude, great conversation regarding art. And I think with Launchpad Media, this is what we kind of started. And this was the whole intent of Launchpad Media was to change culture. And it's challenging, especially being a libertarian. And again, going back to the fact that there's not a lot of libertarian artists out there. And I think you had some great input. You and Raylene both had some great input regarding how to change hearts and minds and blah, 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 blah. But at the same time, I think they're just isn't enough libertarian artists around. It's not. And it, there is a big void and there's a big demand for it, I think. And I think what you're doing is really cool. It's cool that you're going out there, you're making a record and you're talking about freedom and liberty. And it's not like so obvious. You kind of sprinkle it in. You're not being obvious about it in your music from some of the songs I've heard. You're not coming about talking about property rights. Yes. You're alluding to property rights. Yes. So you're being very subtle in your messaging. Which I think is very interesting. Just like the Marvel movies, the Star Wars movies, the things that we have talked about, those all had a subtle libertarian undertone. Yes. All right, Zama, what we do here on the second segment, it's called Rocket Fire, sir. What we do on Rocket Fire, sir, is I'm going to ask you a series of 10 questions. These questions will be politically related. And if you can answer these questions between 30 to 60 seconds, that'd be badass. Zama, are you ready to play Rocket Fire? Let's do it. All right, on. Question one. Women say they want equality, but do they really want equality? Do they really want to work in the coal mines? Ask Camille Paleo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, um, that's a very good question. I think based off the evidence, the ones asking loudest for equality do not. But again, we're all individuals that some do, some don't. And again, it depends on the definition. How do we define equality? Equality of what? Outcomes or opportunities? Obviously, with the quality of outcomes, that's impossible. That will never happen. It, um, it's a wild goose chase. But as far as equality of opportunity, uh, uh, I think that's a good thing. And um, again, individually, I don't know. Um, some women, yes. Some women, no. Some boys, yes. Some, some boys, no. Right on, man. With that said, the, the, the quest for equality as far as outcomes is is absolutely ruinous and destructive and uh, puts the focus on all the wrong things. Right on. Question two. How would you define modern economic growth? Looking beyond its current faults, is it better than socialism? Absolutely. It's better than uh, socialism. I went back to graduate school and I had a... Um, got a master's degree in economic development and i realized after the course of three years all you need is freedom people engaging in uh, um, voluntary mutually beneficial transactions because there is no other kind of transaction as long as it's not coerced by the state that leads to um, division of labor and specialization which raises the standards of living for everybody so modern economic development i think much like the quest for equality i hope i'm under 60 seconds here I think that's a wild goose chase too. Freedom will take care of economic development, and and arguably we'd probably be a, or we would be a lot further along as uh, as far as technological and and um, 
advances than we are now if, if it was not for the state intervention. Rock and roll. I agree. Question three. What do you think the reason is that the U.S. statistically has had lower crime than we have ever had? The way they measure it. What is it? There's statistics, there's damn statistics, and then there's outright lies. We know the government changes everything. They change the way they um, they gauge inflation. Uh, they change it as needed for whoever's in office. Is there less crime? I don't know. Arguably, we have so many more laws on the books, you think there'd be more. But it, it, it depends. Depends what crimes, too. I, th- I think that's... That's such a complex question. One thing I know you just to make a libertarian point here, if you want less crimes, we probably need a lot less laws. And how many laws does America have now? Well, I, I saw a story on this. I don't want to go over 60 seconds, but this story said the average American commits three felonies a week and doesn't even know it because of all yep. Yep. something to that effect. Right on, man. Question four. Do you see the government eventually taking full control of the Internet? I see them trying. They probably, I would say, that it will succeed at one time. I think they'll be pushed back. I think, though, um, the course is, I think innovation and technology is a runaway train at this point. And I think there's there's going to be a constant battle for the power over it. But I think it'll it'll ebb and flow. Right. And we're going to see advances. And then hopefully it'll be two steps up and one step back, not the other way around. For, for the people, so. Right on, man. Question five. How do you think intellectual property laws have hurt the music business? Well, that's an inter- interesting question. I know that's a big one, the intellectual property uh, stuff. And I've seen the arguments for and against. Again, I think if you get the government out of the way, um, I think the market will find creative ways of making sure people with great ideas and musicians get their due. I think I, I think most of the problems stem from government here. Right on, man. Question six. Do you think music has lost its edge? Has commercialism and media destroyed the art? I believe it has lost its edge. I don't know that it's commercialism. I don't know if it's media. Certainly commercialism and media, especially corporate media, picks and chooses who they want to win as far as arts goes. Uh, So I think they do suppress uh, voices that they find threatening. But uh, again, I think that question goes back to the things we were talking about earlier. And one more point about that, too. I think a lot of it, uh, we talked about artists and musicians and celebrities and and other artists uh, cozying up to power in the left. I think a lot of that goes back to high school tribalism. And there's incentive. Uh, to do so and i think a way when you when if we cut government you cut a lot of those incentives absolutely all right man question seven how has the music streaming services changed the size of people's music collections today as compared to the 1990s and is it a good thing i think it's a good thing overall change the size i don't know i know some wacky people who hoard hoard a lot of physical records uh, hey man, hey, that's that's me, man. Come on now. Oh my man, I, I knew it. I knew it. I know you like books on the shelves too. I do too. I, like, I yeah. prefer hard. I also have my vinyl records too. Good job. Hey man, there's something about it looking cool too. You know, yeah. gotta have yeah. But uh, has it made it better or worse? Um, it depends. You know, for me, I don't think so. You know, I, I'm curious to see what's next. All right, man. What do you think of organic farming industry? Is it a marketing ploy, a fraud, or a fad, or is there some validity to it? I think there is some. Uh, I think it's all of the above. But I. But most importantly, uh, again, I moved. I, you know, I came to Florida last year from California, so I, I see all those points. But I do think there is uh, something to it. Of course, we want less pesticides and whatnot on the food that we eat. Right on, man. Question one: How is egalitarianism and libertarianism similar, and how are they different? It's similar in that I would think 
That's an inter- that's a very very good question. Well, thank you. The goals. <laughs> you're welcome, Johnny. Uh, the goals. <laughs> that depends. I uh, what I would how I would comment on that is if we follow libertarianism, you're going to get more egalitarianism. But again, I think the the pursuit of egalitarianism is is awful and leads to uh, um, communism distortions all through society and on expectations and on on especially young people's fragile psyches. I think that's uh, that's the the wrong focus. People are naturally uh, not equal. It reminds me of that Kurt Vonnegut, Harrison Bergeron. Are you guys familiar with that? Yes. Harrison Bergeron story. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. 2081, everybody was finally equal. Yep. Great yeah. short story. Yep. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Question 10. Is pirating movies or CDs a victimless crime and by making copies and selling them unethical? I could argue both ways. That is a good question. I need to throw a lifeline. Ray Liam, what do you think about this? Ground control to Johnny Rocket. Well, the ship's alarm system has been tripped due to the guests deferring to Raylene during rocket fire. This has never happened before, and the control panel is going nuts. This is truly unprecedented. On the one hand, it's official blast-off protocol to be courteous to the guest, but on the other hand, it violates policy for Raylene to speak during rocket fire. Well, I have overridden the alarm in order to avoid stopping the show here. But please, for the love of God, try to regain control of the ship, will you? <laughs> I, okay, so I don't believe in IP. I'm a little, I got there slowly. It was a slow call for me in libertarianism. I've explained to this to people in, in other interviews. But I no longer believe in IP because I do believe that ideas are meant to be shared. They are meant to be multiplied built off of. They are foundations for bigger ideas, for better ideas. This is what libertarianism is all about. So I do not believe in state-backed violence being a part of ideas. You're not the first one that thought of it. You're the first one that did it. But I do also believe, just like I don't think a business can kick, um, they cannot serve somebody, even for terrible, terrible, terrible reasons like bigotry, like not serving black people, let's say. I think they should have the right to serve whoever they want. But I also believe that we should socially shun them. Just like- How does this have anything to do with private movies or CDs? You're Because you're over your 60 seconds. So hear me out. No, because the ship's alarm just went off. Hear me out. So, so just like that, we have to socially shun them. Just like that, we have to give credit to the artist. Cannot package something else that somebody else made, sample it without giving credit to the artist. This is a social pressure we should be putting on all people. The end. I I see both both arguments, and I think that's Johnny. What do you think? Uh, I think it's fine. It's not a victimless crime because you're not stealing property. Right, because you're not. It's not a physical property. It's an idea. Right, so it's not tangible. That's a tough one for me. I've gone down both of those holes, but and I've, I've watched the debates, and I know Kinsella and some of these guys have some. Uh, Tucker, I think Jeffrey Tucker's uh, talked a lot about that too. I tend towards being against it. Bonus question: Would there be regulation without government on private property? It's up to uh-huh. the property owner. Right on, and that's rocket fire. Give it up for some ripper. So this is Johnny Rocket here at Blast Off, and I'm here with my Ray of Truth, Miss Raylene Lightheart, and we're talking to Zama Ripa. And please check out his, his CD. It's called American Soul, and you can find it at what? Really quick before we take our commercial break. Uh, all digital stores and I am ZamaRipa.com. There you go. Anyway, so this is Johnny Rocket, and we're going to be back. So stick around. Rock and roll. 
It's time to shake up your podcast feed, folks, by subscribing to Lions of Liberty, the only libertarian variety show out there. Spend Mondays with me, Mark Clare, as I feature in-depth interviews with great names in the libertarian community and fun roundtable discussions. Electric Liberty Land with me, Brian McWilliams, every Wednesday, your weekly dose of comedy, culture, and liberty. And Felony Fridays with me, John Odermatt, where I expose injustice in the broken criminal justice system. Find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and at lionsofliberty.com. Are you tired of banging your head against the proverbial wall of politics and getting nowhere toward actually making your life more free? Are you tired of interview podcasts that have the same guests as every other libertarian interview podcast out there? Are you tired of hearing the same news stories that you can hear on the mainstream media? Then you need to listen to The Lava Flow, where we don't do politics and we don't do the major stories that exist only to divide you. We talk about news that affects you and your freedom, and we work to find solutions that can actually help you to be more free. LAVA stands for Libertarian, Anarcho-Capitalist, Voluntarist, and Agorist. And if you consider yourself to be in any of those categories, all of those categories, or just interested in learning about them, then the LAVA Flow podcast is for you. Check us out at thelavaflow.com. The Lava Flow Podcast, channeling the flow of information to the libertarian, anarcho-capitalist, voluntarist, and agorist community. TheLavaFlow.com Here's a song off American Soul, Zamaripa's new album. It's called Blowback. Who's got the biggest bombs dropping across God's good earth? Who started all this death, destruction and hurt? It's no secret who they are, masters of war, but who's paying for it? Who's got malware worms hacking the whole wide world? Who's behind such fearful symmetry, trouble and toil? The CIA's been caught red-handed inside everybody's door. But by whom is the cost borne? We pay for it twice. That's how the story goes. Once with our taxes, two times with our souls. And where this all goes, everybody should know. You better believe it, boy. We reap what we sow.
Good job on Rocket Fire, man. Those were uh, some pretty challenging questions. And I wanted to actually, wanted to challenge you a little bit since you're a musician. We wanted to let everyone know that you can actually think other than chords. Very nice. So we're just making sure that was accomplished. <laughs> and I think we did it. I think we did it. You did pretty well. You did pretty well. Especially that last one, though. You had to have a lifeline, man. No one's ever done a lifeline before. But I see it both ways. I know. I know. I get it. Uh, <laughs> Ray Lee, no, made a good point. People like people, the thirst for the original. So that kind of, yeah, that's a good argument against. So thank you, sir. Yeah. Okay. So I want to know if I had any part in Rocket Fire, which is not mine. That's, that's all Johnny. And he is the master behind Rocket Fire. But I do want to ask you what brought you to libertarianism. What brought me to libertarianism? Uh, I'll try to keep this brief. I've always had a tendency towards freedom. I always felt like a misfit growing up. I moved everywhere all the time. I think people that have that kind of background are driven to ideas like libertarianism. I think that also uh, says something about the, the the type of people who are mostly libertarians, although we have seen that opening up to more different kinds of people over the years, but um, always identified with concepts of freedom. When I was in middle school, I read, uh, I was inspired by Henry David Thoreau. I thought Walden was fine. That's neat and all, but really it was civil disobedience. I digged deeper on him in the, in the library, uh, 
past what they teach you in school, which is what we have to do. And it led me to facts about him like he refused to pay a poll tax. He was thrown in jail for refusing to pay a poll tax because he didn't want his taxes to be used to uh, catch slaves, to fund slavery and the catching of slaves and to fund wars. And I thought that was pretty neat and inspiring. I don't know. I don't think he gets mentioned a lot as a libertarian, but certainly he bleeds into that. I thought that was neat. So that informed a lot of my views. Time went on. I was familiar with Ayn Rand, of course, like all of us. That 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 is almost like a gateway for a lot of people. Uh, was never I like the ideas. Was never a huge. I was a literature major. That was my undergrad. Was never a huge fan of her writing, but certainly the ideas were great. After nine eleven, things seemed to get really wacky, and and I was digging for more. That's when uh, um, everything it seemed like we were really in a time of universal deceit. Uh, the internet, of course, we talked about that influence earlier, uh, started poking around. Ron Paul would come up a lot. I was familiar a little bit with him, but I really dug in with that, found Mises, stumbled upon the Mises. I didn't have a, a friend that turned me on to that. Wow, nice. Very cool. It just kept rolling with that. So that's how. And it grew over the years, and, and I've gone further and further towards complete freedom um, since. Zama, so really quick, libertarianism seems to be the major topic for your material. Yes. But is there any other themes you encompass? And do you think your topics and themes will change over time in the history of your life or your career? This is interesting. I never, I've always played music. Uh, I've always been an artist. I was an actor for some time. Also, I still do that every now and then. I feel more comfortable as an artist uh, the more and more I dove into libertarianism. I think I needed that to give me some truth and uh, a framework to see the world, especially economics, I think is, is so valuable to the artist because it gives you a whole way new to think and it um the you know you, you base that down and uh, what is economics well it's a lot of things to a lot of people but it's the choices uh individuals we make in a world of scarcity and when you choose sure. something you're not choosing a million other things that's that's the core of acting certainly and um uh that's the goal of acting is acting on that as an art and also with the music. So will it change? I think everything I've done has led up to this. The other thing that informs the art uh, other than freedom is love. Uh, my philosophy over time, uh, you know, as raised with, with uh, Christian uh, values. Um, I don't consider myself dogmatic, but I think that is the, the proper code of conduct for all of us is to live by the golden rule, the law of love. That is the law of love. I think that's that's the only thing a lot of people, I think a lot of Christians get it wrong and they give Christianity a bad name for a variety of reasons. But I think all you need to do is, is uh, follow the golden rule. And that matched with the non-aggression principle, I think is the best code of conduct for what we do, for, for how we live our lives. We are what we do. We, we know that. Uh, economics teaches us that. And so you better be doing something good. We are what we do. We are what we repeatedly do over and over. We become that. That's that's that philosophy has found its way into some of the songs. It's stated explicitly in one of the songs. Uh, but I think that's what I teach my kids, you know, and uh, you are what you do. I tell them every morning. So go do good. Treat people well. Love. Those are the two philosophies that I think are vital. And going back to tactics and strategy as libertarianism, I'd like to see more of the love in there framed that way. Right. I know that sounds wussy to a lot of people, and it's anathema, especially when we see the discussions from our peers on social media. Um, but we have to have civility, or, or I think in a lot of ways we're being hypocrites. 
We yeah. have to have that civility. We can't be that aggressive in, in words. Sometimes we want to rack people over the head. I get that. But, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, but we have to we have to aspire for that. We have to aspire for those those better better things. You know, we look at all our presidents. They're everything. Every single one of them and politicians. They're everything I teach my children not to be. You know, they lie, they cheat, they murder, they steal. They do all these things. We have to push back against that. And it's got to be made that things are so important today. And we want to, you know, we all, we, us three, we came out of the age of irony, you know, out of the age of making fun of everything and irreverence for everything. Mm -hmm. But I I think we've got a wicked future coming our way. We know that. I think we all know that there's going to be a lot of changes. I think there's a changing of consciousness now. And that is, um, that in the state and the mechanics of the state is behind a lot of the well it's everything it's it's behind all the turbulence we see in civil unrest so we have to aspire to be better and, and to treat our neighbors better and to treat, yeah. treat everyone better. that's inspiring yeah and, and community we talk about community yes what's killed community it is the federal government it is the state you have the state which destroys you think about community you have the state which comes in and destroys those horizontal linkages between mm-hmm. individuals and families in the community in every way and uh, a lot of it goes back to the money. It goes back to the Federal Reserve, the inflation. Keynes himself said it before he sold out, said there is no surer way to destroy the existing basis of society than to inflate the money, to, to debauch the currency. Sure. Yeah. Talk about Christianity. See, Christians go back. There's somewhat of a mandate through the Bible. Your silver is dross. Uh, you shall have no in, uh, injustice in measurements. Again, I'm not a dogmatic Christian that way. I believe in the golden rule, and that will get you to where you need to go. But it, it, we could really make a change if uh, more libertarians went after the Christians because, you know, some 90 percent of Americans still uh, identify as Christian. So yes. there's somewhat of a mandate for sound money. But I never hear uh, any religious uh, leaders talk about that. That's an untapped um that's an untapped uh, market, so to speak, right there, which I'd like to see a lot of people go more into. But yes, those are the ideals in the songs there in all the songs. Live and Let Live is the first song on the album. That's off a great book uh, by a guy named Robert Wenzel. It's called Private Pro- Foundations of Private Property Society, Anarchy for the Civilized Person. It's a live and let live philosophy matched to the golden real rule. As for the music on the album, Johnny, I know I'm familiar with your work. I went and looked you up. Great videos and music, by the way. It's incredible. Thank you. Uh, style. I, I've done a lot of different styles of music. This is the first record and songs I've done where I really didn't care. These songs came about the last three or four months, and I didn't think about style at all or how I was going to produce it. You can probably hear that on the album. I just let it come out as they were with the people. I worked with different people on every song, and I let the songs just come out as they may and recorded them as they may um some acoustic more acoustic driven some with a rock band the overall tone is americana but for me well, this for the first Sama, time is about the f- message oh sorry and i think the, i think the message is so urgent we are at an urgent sure. time we yeah. are right on man raylene prepare for landing roger that johnny seat belts and shoulder harnesses your body your choice landing gear and downward expanders nap initiated anti-state superchargers defract and woke landing lights and guest websites zama ripa give us your dot coms one last time sir i am zama ripa.com that's i-a-m-z-a-m-a-r-r 
IPA. You can find the record American Soul on every digital store, including Spotify, iTunes, Apple Music. Uh, go to my site. Again, I am Zamaripa.com. You can find my Patreon link there. You can come reach out to me, get on my email list for backstories on the songs. Uh, again, the Libertarian themes run through them. There's backstories on all of them at the site please read it there's video links there and uh, keep in touch and listen to the music and uh, go out and do great things everything we do is an opportunity every day every second so go take take a take hold of that opportunity let's make the world a better place rock and roll anyway so man thank you so much for being here on the show and if you like our interview with zama ripa you can also hear him on the after party so if you're not a subscriber to our patreon please support us at supportblastoff.com you can hear it for just a dollar an episode rock and roll anyway so this is johnny rocket always watching ideas and we'll see you next week 